0: Welcome to the Student of the Game podcast with Tim Stone, where I sit down with successful entrepreneurs to extract the knowledge you need to increase your income and avoid simple mistakes. You learn from their failures so you don't have to go through the same thing. I hope that you find one lesson you can apply to your life from this episode. Thank you for listening. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Student of the Game podcast. I'm Tim Stone, here with our special guest today, Mr. Jordan Stupar. He is the owner founder, CEO of Stupar Enterprises, and he's going to dive into his story. Tell us a little bit about what he's got going on. But Jordan, thank you for being here.
1: Great to be here, man. Thanks for the
0: opportunity. I, I appreciate the time. Uh, give, give me some quick backstory on what it is you've got going on. And um, I followed you for a while on Instagram, so I know some, but just give us the rundown and then we'll, we'll dive into it. I've got questions for you.
1: Um, yeah, background, you know, I, I'm just a, a tried and true sales guy. Here in uh, Wisconsin, I've traveled around the country, lived all over the place, and uh, sales turned into an opportunity to become an entrepreneur, and uh, that's what I've been doing for the last, what, six years? Uh, I've started uh, several different companies and um, just chasing down success, and I think uh, based on our pre-chat here, we're, we're both trying to do the same thing, and that's make a bunch of money and leave a legacy and hopefully build some form of generational wealth, you know? Definitely. I, I agree with you
0: on that. So one thing I'm curious about is how did you end up getting into sales? Because me personally, I thought I would never be in any sort of sale. Like, didn't think I'd ever have to sell anything. Uh, yeah. The last podcast I did, I, was, I told a story I'd never told before. Like, My first journey of entrepreneurship, I think it was like 10 or 12, I was making those paracord bracelet things. And I made a bunch of them and like, I bought the nice clips for the bracelets and everything and never sold one uh, because <laughs> I didn't ask anybody to buy them.
1: Yeah, that's that's rule number one right there.
0: Yeah, rule number one. So I'm curious, how did you end up in that kind of role? And is it something you thought you would do?
1: So, I mean, the short story of how I got into sales is my dad was always a very successful salesperson, gave us a very comfortable life growing up. And I remember telling him, you know, I'm never going to be like you. I'm never going to wear a suit every day and, you know, go into the office. I always wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock star. And, um, you know, I got... Like, pretty good at like guitar and having a band and everything, but I realized really quickly that it wasn't going to be, uh, (laughs) wasn't going to be my route to like riches and like living the life that I ultimately wanted. So, um, after getting fired from Chili's one day when I was very young, long time ago, uh, I went on to Craigslist and I just started looking at sales stuff and I found something that basically said something along the lines of, you know, give away free alarm systems and get paid for it. And, that was some good clickbait and so i went and took yeah. that interview and turns out it was a door to door sales job and um, that's what that's what I, that's how i got started man when i made that first sale it was like heroin in my veins and you know i just wanted to figure out how i could get really good at it and make a bunch of money so <laughs> that's how how i went, ended up in sales yeah and starting in door to door is probably
0: one of the toughest spots you can start in which yeah. is probably a good good thing for you. Like if you made it through that, made some sales. Yeah. I ended up doing only get easier from there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I ended up doing that for eight years and um, it was really enjoyable. And one thing that I always tell everybody is I think everybody should spend at least one year going door to door because there's some, there's just some lessons in there that y- y- you really can't be taught any other way. Mm-hmm. And did you have some sort of natural sales ability just
0: growing up, you know, in a in a house where your that's what your dad did or what did the first year of sales look like for you?
1: Well, I I would say that I I would say everybody kind of has a little natural sales ability. We're all selling mm-hmm. our ideas and perspectives, but as far as like getting money, uh I sucked. Uh the first 2 weeks of my door-to-door career I didn't do anything. I was kept on going into the office every single day. I see all these guys putting up two, three, four deals, making a thousand bucks in a day. And I'm like, dude, what am I doing wrong? Um, And I almost gave up to be clear. My mom, she was the person that taught me a very valuable lesson of just knock one more door. And right when I was about to quit, I knocked one more door and I got my first sale. And then um, from there, I started taking things a little bit more seriously, started trying to develop my game a little bit. And uh, ultimately, you know, the first year, I wouldn't call it a very successful year. I didn't, I wasn't a standout star or, you know, the naturally talented guy that just came in and crushed it. Um, it was something that I, I had to be pretty, you know, diligent and intentional with uh, working on.
0: Yeah. And the, the first year is probably the toughest for a lot of people. Oh. Right, right now, I've I've been in it for a couple of years. I've made my first sales, like got to the point where making good money, in a, in a sales position. And then now what I've been focused on the last couple months and probably going to be a lot more moving forward is training and hiring new people and getting them that first sale is the tough thing. Like we have a lot of people come in and and it's a lot of, it's probably my fault that they don't end up getting their first sale. And at some point they're like, I can't, you know, I'm not going to stick with this anymore. I haven't made any money. Right. Understandably. Yeah. So, so to someone who's coming in, never sold anything before, Maybe they've done some, but a new industry, what do you think is the best way to get someone their first sale?
1: I would say my best piece of advice for somebody either brand new in sales or maybe starting in a new position or company or whatever is, uh, to not get around the, the losers on the team or the people that are producing, but aren't really producing at all, um, Those people are going to give you a bad attitude. They're always going to give you some negative feedback about customers, about the market, about blah, blah, blah. They'll blame anything. So I know it's attractive and it's easier to get around those people because obviously misery loves company. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So naturally it can be intimidating to befriend or even find any like mentorship or relationship with the top performers. But that's the best thing to do is get around the people that have that positive attitude are winning in sales and life are making money. Um, you know, those people are going to be able to pull you up and, and teach you things. And, um, you know, I think one of the common misperceptions of, of people going into something is that the people at the top don't want to help. Um, when truly, everybody above you for the most part sure there's probably some bad apples out there but i've never met anybody more successful than me that you know is going to be like oh you shouldn't do that or you know mm-hmm. th- they always give you some positive mental reinforcement so my tip for anybody is at the very least just get around the people in your company or in your industry that are actually winning
0: yeah and i think that's a good way to stay motivated too seeing what's possible because one thing for me is you can come in and make a really great income like I make a couple hundred thousand dollars and you're 20 years old. It's like, it's hard to push further than that. You know, especially if, if you've got a low cost of living, you know, as a 19, 20 year old coming into sales and then say you make 200 grand or you make a hundred grand, it's really easy to not need more money. Yeah. So so other than just, just sticking around the the top performers and being in that environment, how do you mentally, you know, push for more to, to your full potential?
1: That was, uh, that was something that I didn't figure out for the first like decade of uh, mm. being a salesperson. I, I started getting good enough at sales where it could afford me to just kind of live my party lifestyle. Honestly, I was just going out, wanted attention from girls in my 20s. And I never really took anything seriously until I was about 25, 26 years old. So that first like eight to 10 years of being in sales, it was literally I'd work three, maybe four hours, uh, sorry, three, four hour, three to four days per week. And then just just mess around like the the rest of the time. Um, Then I figured out like, dude, like I'm miserable. I'm only making like $40,000 a year. Sure. I'm not working a whole lot, but like, dude, I can't buy the car that I want or do anything. So that's where I started really understanding like work ethic, discipline, living below your means and increasing your income and still living down here so that you can have that, that money in the bank for, you know, investments and for <laughs> some of the more serious things in life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, at what point did you start,
0: did, did that click and you started like really going after serious goals?
1: It like really clicked. It, it it really clicked for me when I was living in New York City back in 2013. Like I had this like come to Jesus moment for myself where I I confronted the fact that like, dude, I'm miserable. I'm smoking weed every night, playing video games on Netflix, and like literally doing everything that I can to escape my own reality. And uh I woke up one day with, with a hangover in 2013. I dumped my Xbox out of the window. I poured out all my booze. I flushed my my weed down the toilet. And, uh, I sat back on my couch and I was like, I'm going to check my bank account. Now I checked my bank account and nothing happened. I just realized that I got rid of all the reasons why my bank account was why, where my bank account was. And so I, I started taking things really seriously. I made a lot of ridiculous sacrifices that I've, I've talked about here and there. And, um, ultimately after about 18 months of like truly sacrificing everything in life, um, Started making some money. I went from, in 2013, I made $40,000. 2014, I made $80,000. In 2015, I cracked it, man. I made $373,000, and it was Mm. only upwards from there. And that's all on the back of that 18-month period uh, uh, afterwards of making up my mind that, dude, I need to change my life.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so it it really was just a wake up, come to Jesus moment thing for you. Nothing specific. Yeah.
1: When you, when you hear all these like gurus or successful people out there and they're like, success is a decision. It sounds rubbish, but like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the truth, you just, you just have to make a good decision.
0: Yep. So uh, I'll I'll kind of explain my situation a little bit and get your advice while I've got you here is um, my goal. And I mentioned this at the beginning and the listeners know this is that I'm Trying to learn how to make a million dollars in a year, and less about the money, more about becoming the kind of person that can do that, so I can get to the next level and and do different things because I have really big goals. But I I made my first six figures when I was like twenty, so I'm twenty two now. Um, Good work. It, yeah, thank you. And and it's You're way it's, ahead of me, bro. <laughs> it, it's it's really easy to. Be comfortable to not really need the like. I already bought the car I want. My wife and I are looking at buying a house. Like, I've I've bought some watches and stuff that you know. It's what and and I'm making investments. Like I I got a bunch of real estate stuff I've done. Um, and it's like I'm I'm in a really good spot, but I know I could do so much more. Like, surrounded by people that are doing so much more. But it's like, hey, I'm you know, I, I'm not really struggling enough or something like that i i can't really figure it out so i've just been asking people their advice because it almost was like too easy to get to a point where things chill out you know
1: yeah i i think you know the older i get the more i realize the function of time as it is correlated to everything in life you know money marriage happiness you know time is is crucial in the way that we use time and so I would say, um, without knowing a whole lot about, you know, your, your work ethic and your schedule or routine or whatever, um, for anybody listening, the, the best advice that I can give you at, at scaling your money is being able to scale your time and using it for money-making activities. For instance, Hmm. I, I always tell people like, do the math on what it really costs you to do your own laundry. Like it's a mm-hmm. stupid stupid example, but like if you take a look at um, you know, literally, I can give it to you right now. If you want to make a million dollars in a year, you take a million bucks, you divide it by the 365 days, that means that your time is worth $2,739 and 72 cents every single day. Now, if you divide that by 24 hours in a day, that means that whether you're sleeping, whether you're working, whether you're whatever you're doing you're making $114.15 every hour, no matter what. So you start looking at like, dude, am I spending two, three hours a week on doing laundry? Probably, you probably shouldn't because that $114 per hour times three hours of doing laundry, it costs you for real $342 a week to do your own laundry. So if you're looking at your business, you're looking at Should I even be posting my own social media posts? Should I have somebody else do that for me? Should I be editing my own content or making design or doing blog? So you start looking at all of the things that you're doing. And basically the way that I, I look at things is I'm definitely never going to do anything that I don't want to do like laundry, mowing my lawn, handyman stuff around my house. Like I'm either going to one use my time for money making activities or two, I'm going to use it for relaxation and enjoyment, hanging out with my wife, my kids, going on a trip, go going to the golf course, whatever that is. And um, I don't do anything that either one doesn't contribute to making money, and I don't do anything that I don't want to be doing. Hmm. And I think if you're looking at your life and some of the things that you know you're kind of conditioned to do, like you know, go grocery shopping, go do your own laundry, you know, if. Uh, you know, clean your gutters or whatever it is, it's like, just take a look at what you enjoy doing and spend your most time doing that. And if you're not doing that, then make money. And I think that you'll be able to scale your money and you'll also be able to scale some of your happiness. And you'll be able to find that there's a lot of time uh, left for you to trip and fall over the money that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I've seen that. I definitely have become a big fan of buying my time back. Uh, I hired an assistant that does all that stuff, the graphic design, the posting, like I I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, but it got to the point where I'd have 10, 15 episodes recorded and I used to edit them, but I'm not going to edit anymore. Exactly. Where I hired an editor and he'd send them back to me and then I didn't post them. He'd just send me edited podcasts. I didn't get them posted. So getting all of that handled was huge for me. Like we're going to record this. I'll hit end recording. And then in a few weeks, it's going to end up on YouTube. And that's the last I have to touch it. That's it. Which is good. And then and same thing, like especially during the pandemic, I think a lot of people got into this, haven't been grocery shopping in like a year and a half. Just, yeah. it, it, it costs like an extra 15, 20 bucks to have someone bring it to the house. And easy, that easy. save you two hours. Yep. So um, yeah, I mean, I love that. I'm a big fan of buying my time back. Just, Absolutely. Once you understand that, it's huge. So kind of progressing the story, um, sales career, everything, eventually you ended up becoming a business owner and having your business. So let's talk about how, how did you get there and then explain what it is you're doing now?
1: Well, um, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always wanted to start a business and, you know, reap the rewards of taking a risk and creating a product, but I just never had any brilliant idea on what that product would really be. So I did the the next notch below, which is sales, sell somebody else's idea or product. Mm -hmm. So I did that for, I don't know, 16, 17 years. I was a salesperson. And then in 2017, I started my own business. And um, ultimately that transition, it just came from the standpoint that I was doing extremely well in sales and, you know, I was earning $500,000 a year and, you know, Instagram lifestyle, you start buying a Porsche 911, you move into a yacht club. And naturally I had some people hit me up and they're like, dude, I, I heard that, you know, like I got to talk to my wife from somebody like, how would you respond? And then, you know, I'd shoot them like a little video back and be like, this is what I would say. Like, give it a shot. And then like, you know, a couple days later, they'd be like, holy shit, bro. Like, I just made 12 grand because I used what you said on that last time. And, and like, it started to like, give me some confidence that like, dude, I could kind of monetize this information and I could, you know, really be helpful to other people and enjoy the fulfillment of you doing well, while also being compensated for, you know, my time or my knowledge. And, um, you know, so that's, that's how I kind of transitioned. That is I, I found a way to kind of get out of the nine to five, get out of the rat race, Um, and then build businesses around what I'm passionate about doing, which is helping other people. So sales training and business coaching
0: or what what is it exactly?
1: Sales training. And now it's kind of evolved. I still do that to be fair. Uh, But I also have obviously now with six years of uh, entrepreneurial experience, I've learned a lot of things about tech, a lot of things about uh, organization, a lot of things about business. And so Um, although I still spend a a good chunk of time doing sales, coaching, training, and mentorship, I also am helping, um, you know, a guy like you, who's maybe a little bit younger, less experience on which CRM do I pick and how do I automate, you know, somebody signing my contract, updating a stage in my pipeline to blasting off an email, some of those workflows and automations. Um, Mm. I love talking about those types of things since I started my own CRM company several years back. These are just a lot of the things that I'm really well-versed in. And so it's another layer of the value that I can help give other people who you know, maybe are running into a wall here and there. Mm -hmm. And what what does your team look like? So I currently have uh, probably, what, four or five kind of more executive people here in my office. Um, I transitioned from kind of having an inside sales team to having a network of remote closers. Uh, around the country. Okay. Um, I've noticed that that's actually a pretty sustainable and lucrative business model for my business as well as the the people that work for me. So right now, probably employ somewhere between 12 and 15 people. Okay, how does the remote closing work? The remote closing is a fun model. Um, I'm actually really getting more and more passionate about it every day. But essentially, um, one thing that I was, Kind of lucky and blessed with is I sell my little decks of cash cards with, you know, 50 Mm. sales objections and, you know, they're online and I run some ads. And so people click on it, they buy them in exchange for the deck. I'm getting their name, phone number, email address, blah, blah, blah. We contact those people. We schedule appointments for our closers then uh, so that they can provide people with additional, you know, layers of information and value. And of course, the people that want to get better and be more involved in our ecosystem, uh, we kind of upsell them, if you will. And um, all those calls just go out to, you know, the most proficient and effective closers that we have across the the states. And um, just a fun business model. We also run uh, inbound booked uh, calls for some of our um, other coaching and, and sales programs. And that works wonderfully because you're reaching a cold audience of people that are raising their hand saying, Hey, I'm interested. They book a call and here we are in a zoom call and we can talk about what we do. And if it's a good fit and you know, there's, there's a good value exchange, then, uh, we can do business just like that. It's, it's, it's very nice not to have to have the pressure of generating a list and just mindlessly cold call through a list mm-hmm. and, and hope you know, cross your fingers that you reach the right person. So I'm a big fan of, of uh, the inbound game. And it's something that I'm mastering day after day.
0: Yeah. And a lot of that comes from running ads with a a lead magnet, like the cards.
1: Yep. Running ads, or even just running, uh, you know, direct uh, response ads, you know, Hey, if you're interested, book a call with our team, fill out this application so we can get a little bit of a background and some context on the call. Um, I've seen that work incredibly well in my business. And, the The amount of money that we spend on marketing versus uh, the amount of revenue that it generates for the business has been, it's been pretty good.
0: That's good. We're we're very soon going that route as well. Like we've got tons of eBooks, tons of we're doing like five webinars a month that nice. are completely free. So, eBook download about taxes, like super helpful tax information. Yep. Name, phone number, email. Maybe we ask them how much they paid in taxes or describe their relationship with their accountant. Boom, that's a lead that was interested in saving money on tax. Now we can have a conversation, give them more info, see if it makes sense for us to become their accountant. That's it. Make makes sense. That's the strategy. Uh was just curious, is it like an agency that helps you find the remote closers or your team internally
1: is hiring them? Luckily, being in that sales mentorship role or whatever. You've got um, a good network of I got a pretty good people. audience. And so all I have to do is just say, hey, you know, we're hiring and usually my my inbox gets pretty filled up with qualified and unqualified people <laughs> yeah
0: i i made a post a couple of weeks ago about hey we're hiring i had 14 people uh apply from it yep. just a, just just a story post. and i don't have a massive audience it's, right there's a, there's a lot of people looking to figure out how to make more money that's a fact um, yeah so what are what are some things so you, you mentioned you kind of work with some people on the very beginning stage like they don't even know what crm or processes to use like what what would
1: you do with someone that is just figuring out they want to do sales? Somebody just figuring out they want to get into sales. I would recommend one really, really diving in and treating it as though you're becoming like a doctor, right? Because you didn't, my my trouble with most salespeople is most salespeople get into sales, not to make 40 grand a year and have a job. Like, if that's you, then go do something else because sales will (laughs) sales will beat you up pretty good. And Mm -hmm. getting paid 40 grand to get beat up, it's just, it doesn't cut it anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't work. So I I would say that 90% or more, whatever of salespeople get into sales, make six figures, make seven figures, drive that fancy car that they want, live the lifestyle, like basically get rich. Like That's why we got into, that's why I got into sales and why most of the people that I talked to got into sales. But the reality is, is that most of us uh, never get there because we don't really treat it as though we're like becoming a doctor or an attorney or somebody that actually requires plenty of preparation, plenty of training, plenty of education. So if you're just trying to get into sales, adhere to and like really own like why you're getting into sales, you're getting into sales so you can make Um, An unbelievable amount of money. And from that standpoint, you're going to have to become a different person in order to actually capitalize on the opportunities and take home that much money. So make investments into yourself, whatever you can afford, whether it's 89 bucks for a deck of cards or it's $10,000 for an hour of somebody's time, whatever that is, make investments into yourself and then like eliminate distractions Um, it's going to require a lot of work ethic. It's going to require a lot of self-development. It's going to require, um, it's going to require everything out of you, honestly, like you don't just half-ass it and become a, you know, a doctor earning a million dollars a year one day. Like this is a long, long process of going to school and all that. So, you know, treat it as such. And you know, if you really dedicate yourself to the craft and learn from the game, you know, sooner or later, you'll, you'll get paid like a professional. Absolutely. Yeah. What,
0: what are some of the best resources to train and educate? Uh, well, I, obviously you guys put some together, some good yeah, ones. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I I can plug Stupar Sales Academy and I would be a fool to say that I don't think it's the best. Uh, so of course there's that. And then, you know, there's books, there's YouTube, there's, there's, there's no shortage of resources or places to go. The thing that I would encourage people to do before maybe selecting something is to figure out who you identify with the most. You know, there's going to be some people out there that have a little bit more of a a hardcore, aggressive push, yell, scream in your way to a sale. There's going to be people like me that are a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more passive aggressive, you know, a little bit more um, technical and uh, you know, there's going to be people across the board and, depending on your personality, the way that you like to communicate with other people, um, you'll probably sooner or later find somebody that can align with your personality, your delivery, and, and end up giving you something uh, that's valuable. Yeah,
0: because the thing is, most of them work for that person.
1: Yeah, like, and, and I will say, like, if you're new to sales, like, dude, take any training, go to any YouTube video, you're going to learn something that moves the needle. Now, if you've been mm-hmm. in sales for 15 years, and you're like, Um, Kobe Bryant trying to literally use a razor blade to shave off an eighth of an inch of his shoe so that he can accelerate in one direction just a little bit quicker. Well, then you're going to have to start becoming a little bit more picky where you're getting your information. But (laughs) if you're brand new, just like pick up any book on sales and you'll you'll reap some rewards because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. We've talked a lot about the idea of building wealth,
0: but mostly just on income. What are some of the like principles of wealth people need to understand and follow once they do start increasing their income? Like there's, there's a thing that we talk about the four foundations of wealth. First one's increase your income. Then you got to save money on tax. Then you got to protect your income. Then you got to invest in yourself and others and real estate, all those things. What, what kind of stuff do you think? So of us?
1: I kind of subscribe to let's one. Yeah. Maximize our income. And then two, I think that there's a little, maybe bullet point one, a is like, don't blow it all. (laughs) Like, don't be an idiot. When you start making 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a month, if you can get there, like, it doesn't mean that you automatically go and buy what you can afford to buy at that point. You got to live well below your means. And I would say, you know, if you're starting to do incredibly well compared to where you're at, like go get better food, get better clothes and be more presentable and invest in yourself in that format. But again, like things like cars or your fancy apartment or whatever, those things can wait. Um, So bullet point number two would be take that chunk of cash that you're now sitting on and figure out where the best place is for you to park it and make that investment. Usually if you're just kind of getting started, the best place to put that type of money is right back into yourself so that you can learn and you can increase your, skill set your your awareness your knowledge um but if you're at a point now where you're you're gaining a lot of momentum your income is currently increasing you are living below the your your means and you're continuously saving some form of money well then you know you there's a lot of investment vehicles real estate is a good one um you know done for you business automations can be really fantastic um, there's just a lot of different ways to do that. So the the best way to build that wealth is by making a, a, a lot of, you know, well-timed, well-informed investment decisions that again, can continuously pay you moving forward and also increase in their own value as that asset grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the, the principle of it is obviously don't spend
0: all your money, even if you're not because So I have this conversation with a lot of people because they'll reach out to me and say, hey, I'm not making a lot of money. How can I start investing? Like you need to invest in something that's going to help you make more money. Because Which you just, is you. Right. So if, if you've got a thousand bucks and you put it somewhere and you make a 10% return this year, that's a really good return. But you waited all year to make a hundred dollars. Yep. Where you could buy a thousand dollar course and it might teach you how to make, you know, $5,000 a month by the end of the year. That's a very significant return on investment so that's an important piece but also kind of the practice of putting money away putting it in investments you know something that's going to build long-term wealth because you can start making five grand a month and spending five grand a month you're still in the same spot you were when you only had a thousand dollars um so it's like it's like a balance of you gotta you just gotta spend some money to increase your income that's it and then your network is probably the best way to invest is like know people that are really good at real estate and give them your money, or know people that are really good at stocks and give them your money. If you're yep. wanting to run a business, want to be an entrepreneur and it's not specifically an investment business, just get really good at what you do and let someone else run it without uh, a doubt.
1: I think that's some pretty sound advice but that, that, that's all I know. <laughs> but
0: it's <laughs> I, coming from a 22 year old so
1: Well. Coming from a 36 year old with couple couple mil and a multi multi million dollar business, it it's about just delayed gratification and being super strong on what your what your real goals are. Because you know, look, man, I wanna I want a really big lifestyle, and there's so much stuff I can go buy right now that would kind of check the box and give me some instant gratitude or uh, whatever they call it, instant. gratification. gratification. Um, but really like my North star is so important to me. And I'm so specific on that, that, you know, some of the shiny toys, watches, cars, and, you know, things that I can go easily access right now. Um, those, those things just have to wait, man, because like my bigger goals are just more important and I'm clear on those big goals. I think, um, if there's any singular mistake that, younger people particularly but most people make in general is the fact that they don't really know any idea what they want you know and mm-hmm. if you don't really know what you want and you don't really have a plan for the money then you're never really going to push yourself to earning the money that you're you're looking to make i made a post on that on instagram yesterday's i talked to people all the time they're like yeah i want to make six figures it's like why they're like because mm-hmm. be cool. i want six figures it's like well why It's like, uh, they don't know. So they'll never make the $100,000 plus because they have no idea what they would do with the money. There's no real reason behind it other than maybe just tell other people like, yeah, I make 100 grand a year. It's like, you got to get very specific on what you really want so that one, you can develop the intrinsic motivation to overcome some of the challenges of doing the things that you don't want to do so that you can have the things that you ultimately want to have. And unless you're, very specific about what those things are then it, it's just going to be a long shot for you to actually hit the goals that you don't even have what is that
0: big gold north star that pulls you past all the distractions past settling you know to be comfortable because you probably be pretty comfortable with a couple million in investments a multi million yeah. dollar company that like you probably could chill yeah
1: I, what, what, I is could it, could what is it what is it pulls you chill. past i could definitely chill Um, but I keep my foot hard on the gas because, you know, like I, I I love Porsche 911s. So like my main, main goal is I want to have a, um, a 17,000 square foot house on a lake with a boat and stuff. I want a private racetrack on my property and I want like a airplane hanger with like an airplane and like 12 track tuned Porsche 911. So I can wake up in the morning, skip the coffee, get my heart rate up by taking a you know, a one point Been driving 200 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so like right now, like, dude, I can go buy any nine 11 that I want, but it's like, that's not the point. The point is to have 12 of them. The point is to have the house. The point is to have, by the way, other houses and properties and investments and other things. And it's like, I'm just not there yet. So I'm going to keep on grinding. I'm going to keep on hustling and I'm going to continue investing long-term so that dude, I can, I can permanently take my foot off the gas, Uh, A little bit later on when when I actually hit some of these goals. So having that big north star is the thing that really drives me. And then, of course, those are my own selfish goals. You know, like I have a wife. She's got goals and things she wants to do. Now I have a kid. So it's like got to start thinking about school and blah, blah, blah. So it's like Hmm. I'm not living in in a world of or like, oh, okay, I can have my goals or my wife can have hers and my kid can live a good. It's like, dude, and. Like I want what I want and I want what my wife wants and I want what my kid wants and I want and, and, and. And so um, the larger that I see this perspective of like all the stuff that I want to accomplish and all the things I want to manifest in my life. um, Look, man, I look at my bank account and it's just like, dude, I'm not there yet. So what am I going to do today? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do activities that are going to, continue making making progress to ultimately where I want to go things that are going to move the needle that's it dude and if it doesn't move the needle I ain't doing it
0: yeah how did things change for you when you had your first kid because I don't have any yet but this comes up a lot on the podcast people like yeah it's easy to you know be comfortable make some good money once you have a kid it changes so I'm curious how it was for you
1: yeah so um you know when I in in 2020 I, I started waking up at three o'clock in the morning every day uh, and I worked until On purpose. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, the the very first time that it happened, I woke up at like 256. It was like one of those nights where you just kind of like wake up and like you can't go back to sleep. So I said, hmm. whatever, dude, I'm just going to go out. I'm I'm going to make coffee and I'm just I'm just going to get some work done. Um, And then by like eight, nine o'clock in that, that morning, I was like, holy smokes. Like, dude, I, I worked an entire day already and it's only, it's nine, it's like nine o'clock. And then, you know, when I come into the office, like I don't have all these admin type things to do or, you know, the stuff I'd work that's done. So now I can put my time and attention on the actual, you know, sales component of the business, jump on calls, train the team, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so I became addicted to that. And um, ultimately, that helped me scale my business from zero dollars, zero customers, zero products, zero everything uh, to a multimillion dollar business in literally 17 months. And so um, that doesn't answer your question, but that would be an example of my previous work ethic. Things Mm -hmm. changed a little bit once I had little Princess Mila pop out. Um, That really ruined my 3 a.m. club because sometimes I'm up at one you know, like having to make a bottle. And then, you know, at two forty five she starts crying a little bit. You get like, it's kind of ruined like my, my, my actual, you know, hyper success, like routine routine. Uh, but I will say that uh, that nine months, one, once your, your wife or your girl, whatever, she's like, here's the pregnancy test. Like I'm pregnant, like bro. If you're if you're even half of a real man, that will light a fire under your ass like like you've never had before. Cause it's like, dude, we got nine months to like jam as much like productivity and in there as possible. So um every entrepreneur that I know, not every salesperson I know, but every entrepreneur that I do know that um is having their first child, their business like triples in nine months because they know what's coming down the pipe so having a kid changes everything Uh, but to be clear I would say if you're an ambitious success-oriented person it's going to drive you even uh, further Mm. because I've always heard people say like you mentioned it too you ask the question what do
0: you want what's your why and a lot of people can't answer it Nine right. times out of 10, you ask someone, they're going to say, my kids, my kids are why, my kids are why I work so hard. And I always thought that was a
1: BS answer just because it's easy It's, lame. it's, it's lame easy to tell. say your, kid, your kids are,
0: but that, it, it kind of makes a,
1: sense. That right there is a person, like I just mentioned, that is living in a world of ore. They don't believe that they can have what they want while also being able to provide for or find ways to give their family what they're looking for. And that's, that's weak sauce and it should be punishable. Yeah, Because it's one of the most selfish, one of the most absolute selfish things that you can do as a parent is not absolutely 100% go after your goals in front of your kids. Um, if there's anything that my daughter is going to be able to learn from me or my whoever whatever kids I end up having, if there's anything that they're going to learn, they're going to learn that they can go after and go get whatever they want because daddy went and did it.
0: Mm.
1: Why do you think people...
0: Think it's a sacrifice. So like, oh, got kids now. I can't, can't have my Porsches. Can't have
1: my plane. You know, it's, it's a lot like everything in life. It's like, you know, so, sometimes you reach the roadblock of your fitness journey, and although you haven't hit your fitness goal, you're like, you look in the mirror, and you're like, I look way better than I did 60 days ago. And you know, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily do, need to go into the gym. Mm-hmm. Or 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 whatever. It's it just it's half-assing what you think and said you were going to do. And you're you're just looking for more excuses to talk yourself out of doing some of the additional work or taking some of the additional risks that you need to, so that you can live in a world of and instead of a world of or. And I think people turn to a world of or because it helps justify their lazy ass excuse-making lifestyle. Mm. And you and
0: I both know there's Abundance of everything out there, especially money. Like, there's no shortage of money. That's um, right. It's not like, easy to get a ton of it,
1: but you can. Like, yeah, people, well, people have done it. the The more money you make, the easier it is to get more of it. That's that's, that's true. why it's just important to just build momentum. You know, the more money that I make, the more money I make. It's crazy, mm-hmm. especially when you're
0: investing in your business into real estate, cash flowing assets. It's like I just have more money next month.
1: (laughs) Like every, every month, no matter how much I spend, there's more money left over. And it's just, it's a good thing to be, to be sitting on. And I will say like for your audience, if you're, if you're out there and you don't, you haven't, you know, earned your first hundred grand, like that's going to be the hardest money you've ever earned in your life is banking that first hundred thousand dollars. Once you do that, well then now you know how to do it. You'll be able to do it again a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker. And, um, you know, once you, once you bank like $300,000, like, dude, there's no way you can go backwards. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like, <laughs> and also here, here's an interesting thing too, that at least I subscribe to, and I haven't had a lot of conversations about this. Maybe you can give me your feedback too, but like the more money I make, the more frugal I am with it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, I I was broke one day. You know, back in the day, like if I had three hundred and ninety eight dollars and I saw a stupid ass shirt for three hundred and ninety seven dollars, it's like, ah, eh, it's my last three ninety eight. I might as well blow it. But like, if you have three hundred grand in the bank and you start looking at a two hundred ninety seven dollar like shirt or whatever, it's like, dude, hell no. Like, because you know how yeah. hard you worked for that little two hundred ninety seven bucks, and it's like, forget it, dude. I'll just. I'll go buy something else or hold on to yeah. it or whatever.
0: And at that level, you have different plans for your money. You're like, I got three hundred grand in the bank. I need six hundred so I can put it down on this apartment complex. That's it. Uh, you know uh, why do I need a three hundred dollar t shirt when I'm trying to buy a, you know, uh, ten million dollar property, whatever it is.
1: Exactly. Yep. That's that's a, a definitely a phenomenon that ends up happening when you start making more money. Is you become even more frugal.
0: Yeah. And and investing in cash flowing assets can get addicting because you're like, okay, you do it for the first time, you, maybe you put 50000 in, you're like, okay, I'm getting two 300 bucks a month. How can I make that a $1,000 a month? You're like, Wow, now it's paying for my car. How can I get $2,500 a month passive income? And then you start, in your mind, figuring out how to lower other expenses so you can increase your investing budget. And it, it's a thing that happens. I don't know if that's happened with you, but.
1: It it definitely happens, you know, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, like there's so many things that I could go and buy and like, you know, flex on the gram with or whatever. But it's like, I'm just playing my own little long term game here. I'm going to make some really significant multi million dollar real estate purchases, you know, this year. And it's like, I'll wait, you know, I'm going to go tackle this first. And, you know, the other things that I really want will come. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well uh i appreciate this conversation it has
0: been helpful to me hopefully people are still listening to this point is helpful to them is there anything you want to cover before we wrap it up and then uh, let the listeners know where they can hear more about you get in touch with you
1: you know i think if i could leave you guys with anything based on my life is is just take some more chances you like don't don't be so scared about you know, making an investment. Don't be so scared about quitting whatever job that's unfulfilling right now that you might have that gives you a little bit of a cushion. You know, like question all of that. And like just think on your North Star. If you don't even have one, dude, take take the next couple of days to like pen to paper. Like go shopping online for oceanfront properties and you know, the car you want and like figure out what it looks like. And then map out your life like am i on track for this am i in a position to make any of this a reality if not then you're gonna have to make some fairly significant changes and don't be scared about making those changes those are the changes you're gonna have to make in order to get to where you're going Mm -hmm.
0: that's good We, we can leave it there well jordan i appreciate the time where can people get in touch with you hear more about you follow you
1: You can find me anywhere online, any social media at Jordan Stupar. And um, if you're a little bit more intent-based, you can go to jordanstupar.com. And uh, yeah, those are probably some of the best places to go out and find me. I'm uh, very accessible as well. So shoot me an email on the website or DM me on Instagram or whatever. I'll be around. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. And thank you if you're still listening to this point. We'll catch you on the next one. Appreciate it, man.